Hi, I'm Joel. This is the Creativity Pulse podcast, a podcast where we dive into the cool waters of creativity and cruise around some creative thinking, evolution of ideas, and innovation that currently exists in a variety of industries and businesses, big and small. I chat with my guests about their life and business and their approach to creativity. The guests share some of their methods and techniques with us so we can try and understand how some of the more creative people around us go about being, well, exactly that, more creative. For those of you just joining us, let me explain how things work. There's a weekly episode with a guest lasting between 15 and 20 minutes. There's then a series of three episodes. They're really interesting people and my idea, initial idea anyway, of two episodes meant the episodes were getting to be a marathon of listening. There is also a takeaway with the third guest episode. This summarizes the whole conversation with some creative ideas linked in. It includes some insights to help you exercise, flex and build your creative mental muscle. You'll also find some information on the website that helps you do this. Check out the creative ideas generators, for instance. Welcome back to the Creativity Pulse podcast. I'm with another fascinating guest. Thank you for coming on. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Hi, thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. My name is Andy Strode. I'm a for- I'm in Toronto, Canada. I'm a former copywriter, two-time agency founder. Now I'm semi-retired and I write books. Um, I've written and published a book and I've just started on my second book. Um, just a little bit of background. Um, I was an agency copywriter, worked for six different agencies. Um, then I freelanced as a copywriter for six years. I got so busy that I decided to form an agency. I'd never done it before. I found a partner. The two of us started a small agency. We grew to about 28 people and were acquired by a Montreal-based IT company. So we sold our business. Um, as often happens in these things, uh, six months later, I was free to do what I wanted to do. And um, silly enough to start a second agency, this time with a different partner. Uh, you can see a pattern here. I like working with partners. Um I worked with with that partner. We again we grew that. We, the magic number seems to be around twenty eight to thirty people, um, and I retired from that. I sold my shares uh, to my partners. I had two partners at the time, and so in effect, I was able to cash out twice from agency life. Um, then I wrote and published a book called How to Start a Successful Creative Agency. If anybody else wants to follow suit, it's selling quite well. And currently I'm working on an outline of another book. Aside from that, uh, my wife and I travel quite a bit and we keep ourselves busy. I'm taking notes here and uh, I'm sort of trying to keep up with the 30 questions that I already have lined up. Um, I'm going to go back to sort of the beginning side of things. Um, you're an author. Published one, second part way through. I'm not published, but I've got a couple on sort of the go, 20, 30,000 words in. Gets addictive, doesn't it? Yeah. 
yeah no i re- i really enjoyed it uh the first one um self self published self formatted i i had help from a friend a designer who designed the cover but i i bought uh software that i could format it myself personally i think it looks good i've had compliments on uh, the way it looks and feels so you can buy it uh as a paperback kindle and as a pdf uh on gumroad have you found it challenging to self-publish um that's a lot of work uh it's a lot of things to to think about um to help me with that i hired a professional editor and on top of that i hired a proofreader at the very end to go over found a bunch of little things that need changing um yeah it's a lot of work but um i have a friend who's a, a vp of the largest publisher in the world um he advised me to self publish um the world of writers for this type of non-fiction um it's it's just very very tough you know and, and unless you are already famous in some way that you have a name or something you know and frankly publisher even if they did take you on they'll pay attention to you for a very short while and then it's over right and and the the book will languish um and then really it's up to you anyways so anyway i it was a very easy decision for me actually it's it's only been if you think about it in the last number of years that's even possible that i i'm astounded because i get i get sales reports from the various you know channels from from amazon from smashwords and so on selling books around the world who ever heard of that a self published author you just sell books you think oh look at that i sold a bunch of books in germany i sold a bunch of books in japan i mean really it's it's all possible so i looked at my podcast and uh my wife turned around and she said um do you know 27 people in india i'm yeah. like i don't know anybody in india that i know of and certainly not 27 people she said well 27 people in the last 10 minutes of listen to you know episode 4 i'm like astounding right um i once remembered hearing that the arctic monkeys i'm from england and mm-hmm. really into music they yeah. self recorded their own album i think they probably yeah. did it on a mac um yeah. and just stuck it on youtube uh you yeah. know they were 16 17 at the time living at home probably recorded it in their bedroom or their garage and uh you know they got 5 million hits or whatever it was went to a recording agency or recording company and said listen you know here we are yeah. um i think the technology has made all of this possible do you agree with that you yes. know now that we have laptops and word yes yes yeah. yes uh, i mean uh, yeah uh, absolutely it 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 has had been possible previously but it had, hadn't been easy right so you know your description of the arctic monkeys it's something similar that the police went through way back when they they went into a studio paid for everything themselves and kept all the rights to everything for the money and then went to the record company and said here it is uh we we don't need your money you know we're just going to go out and tour now and 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 so but that was then today it's so much easier i i mean it's it's really up to you you can do whatever you want 
right? I mean, you could you could you could uh, publicize however you care, right? If if you think you're good on YouTube, great, create a YouTube channel and away you go. You want to be on Twitter, on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, all of the above, some of the above. It's all there, and most of it's free. Do you think that technology has increased the level of creativity that's out there, or do you just think we just have sort of more of the same? Um, it's it's kind of a bit of both. The the, the 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 challenge is, I think there's just so much. There's just so much stuff. So on any given day, uh, what do you want to spend your time watching or listening to or, or whatever? So it's it's the wheat and chaff problem, you know, sorting through. I, th- I think there's enormous creativity out there. It's I think it's sort of exponential because people grab onto some of these tools and just go to town on them and, and do things that maybe nobody really expected. I mean, I, I just read the other day some kid, I don't know how old he is, 10, 12, made $26 million last year reviewing toys on youtube right so that's what he does he's a he's a kid so he's talking to his peer group people who want to play with these toys he reviews them people watch them and from from the amount of the number of views and the advertising it generates he's 26 million bucks right whoever expected that that's Not nobody that's an insane amount i think it's a chinese kid i think he's been doing it for quite a while the toy companies yeah. actually send him these now all, all and... the time all the time they, they i'm i'm sure they pay him to review <laughs> to get on there oh totally i mean to be honest i've got no problem with this yeah it's very easy no. to say we didn't have the technology before therefore we were sort of you know a bit more ethical about it and that sort of thing but i think had we had the technology 200 years ago we'd have been doing the same stuff yeah. No, I, I don't have uh, – to me, it's not an uh, ethics question, frankly, at, at all. I mean, nobody's forced to watch that. If you don't want to watch it, if you don't like it, don't watch. Uh, the fact that it's available, that it's open, that obviously it struck a chord. People are watching of their own free will. Lots of people and advertisers are happy to be on his channel. I think you're absolutely right. I think from the creativity point of view, there's, and I started off singing, playing guitars and doing, I mean, you can see behind me, I've got a guitars and the, you had to learn so much more theory, I guess, but the people who are making all of the superb music are using all of the technology really just as a tool. Uh The fact that you've got Word and a high-powered laptop doesn't mean that you're going to write J.K. Rowling's, you know, right. stories. You're not going to write, you know, Lord of the Rings. Um, right. So I think there's technology as a tool. I have the fear that sort of sometimes you hear what's number one, whether it's a book or whether it's a, a music mm-hmm. you know, or a film. And you wonder whether it's just the technology that people are interested in. I remember, for instance, seeing The Matrix for the first time where it was sort of Keanu Reeves flying backwards as the bullets went yeah. past him. And you could see like almost they were going through the air. And every, that's yeah. all everybody talked about. They didn't talk about how wonderfully the film was scripted or anything like that. Right. But, yeah. um, but again, I guess that's, that's what the technology is there to allow us to do. So It's, it's, it's also because it's the first time you saw something like that. 
right? It's it's new. So so people can't help themselves. They're attracted to what's new. And so you have a new techno a new technology and a really good use of that technology and you can't help but say, "Oh wow, look at that." Right? And and you get you get you know involved with that. By the time you see the 10th film that uses similar technology, it's a bit of a yawn. Now now you're back to how good's the story, right? I think we're sort of, you almost come full circle in that side of things. Do you think that going back to sort of the self-publishing side of things, do you think that that will come full circle again? There's, it's very popular for people to self-publish and people to be highly critical of that. Oh, you couldn't get a book deal, therefore you self-publish. Uh-huh. I mean, there's uh-huh. a huge amount of reasons why you shouldn't go to a publisher, I would assume, in the same reasons that the police years ago didn't uh-huh. go to a record company. Why give 40% away when we can do this ourselves? Yeah. Um, right. Do you think eventually that will come back to the publishing companies changing no. their model and adding more value so that writers want to go back to them? No, I, I don't think they can. Um, I don't think they have the bandwidth to pay enough attention to the number of writers that are and and will be out there. And, you know, self-publishing it sorts itself out, you know, um, sure. There's a lot of self published stuff that isn't very good that never finds its market. People write their book and, and, and you see what the market thinks of it. Um, I, I, I don't see how a, a big, you know, multinational, you know, they're, they're interested in, in Prince Harry's book, you know, um, <laughs> Is he's, he's, he's famous for a number of reasons. And sure, a book, yeah, uh, make a TV show while you're at it, you know. But that's, that's um, you know, they, they, get, they get, the big publishers get, you know, the old 80-20 rule. 80% is probably, in their case, 95-5. 95% of their revenue comes from 5% of the books they publish. Um, they publish some things because of prestige, but they turn down far more than they take on for, for whatever reasons. Um, so I, I think the, the DIY model um, is, is a very legit model and will, will continue. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's Tim, Tim Ferriss. I mean, same, same thing. You know, he, he, published with a big publisher and the next time he just wrote it and sort of shopped publishers at that point he was obviously a proven commodity but uh it's it's up it's up to you how how far you want to take it i I think that'll continue so it's basically a demand pure economics it's all just demand and supply stick it out there if someone wants it yeah cool Yeah. yeah 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 and then and then you know there's also the matter of you know, is is your goal to become a bestseller, or you know, there are books that a certain number of people read and appreciate, but it doesn't hit the mainstream. It doesn't hit the broad audience. It's you know either because of the subject matter or 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 the person wasn't very good at publicizing whatever. It just finds what is a limited audience. Some of them come back later. All of a sudden, some somebody 
pushes it and publicizes it and it becomes a bestseller 20 years after the author's passed away or something. But there are all kinds of niche niche books. It's like music. There are all kinds of niche bands, right? They never they never play the big stadiums. They they play clubs and they have a dedicated fan following and that's kind of it. And they earn a decent living at it, you know. Yeah, li- some 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 of them do, right? They, uh, yeah, they, they they do fine. And um, it's it's also what's what's your goal? I mean, if your goal is to become super famous and super rich, then yeah, you have to go for a big, broad audience, uh, have have millions and millions of streams, and and play in front of sixty thousand people at once. Yeah. I've uh, got a friend and he always puts it like this. The rich side is easy. Just go to Wall Street or the city of London. He said, that's a simple one. You know, everyone there is doing well. Thank you very much. He said, the fame side of things, hmm, not sure you want to go down that route. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well. Cool. What are your major challenges as a writer? Is it creative blocks? Is it sitting in front of your, you know, typewriter so to speak and thinking i've got no idea what to write today no um it's it's just uh, the discipline of sitting down and doing it uh, i i know so generally the way i would start is i have an idea for what it is i want to do i start just writing all kinds of random notes i have any anything that i see or that i think about it's just a garbage heap of notes um you know just just keep it uh, and and then at some point i start to sort it and sift through it and and then i try to figure out a structure um that i want to follow sort of and and uh where i'm at now with my my second book i have figured out a structure that i think i want to follow so it's you know in different chapters so i'm just going to write one chapter to see how well it proves out and and as i write it then i go through my garbage heap of things and figure what needs to go in there and then how do i make it flow logically and i and i try to get one right one that i'm happy with not to say i can't change it later but for now i'm happy with it before i go on and write others and i and i try to have a template if you will a format not very strict necessarily because as you go through the book you know you're not talking about the same thing time and time again it evolves and so your format your template have to be flexible enough to evolve with the information you want to get across but at least it has some kind of structure and i think readers like that they they can follow along and and they get it right so that's that's where i'm at um I have no problem writing. I've, I've been writing my whole life. Um, and, uh, you know, sitting in front of a blank page is not a thing. I just start, I, you know, there's, there's no, there's, there's no fear. There's no reason to have any fear. No, nobody's seen it except me. <laughs> I'm not sharing it with anybody. Right. What, what are you afraid of? Just get on with it. And it's, it's, it's cheap and cheerful. If, if you hate it, ignore it, write something else, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of the ultimate freedom. You can, you can do what you want at that, at that stage. It, it, 
honestly, it doesn't matter. It might be frustrating. You know, at times it gets frustrating. You, um, you, you want to communicate something and it just doesn't feel like it's coming out right. I, I, I tend to just write through that. Like I keep, keep going. Um, sometimes you just have to slog through the crap first and get it out of the way. Uh, and there's no getting around it. Like the good stuff to me anyways, for me, the good stuff will come, but you do have to get through the crap first. I think you know, Bowie was renowned for, I think he used to buy huge amounts of newspapers and cut mm-hmm. out the headlines. And then he would mm-hmm. chop all the words up that he found really interesting mm-hmm. and again he'd stick mm-hmm. them in a box similar to your sort mm-hmm. of pile of junk thing so he'd write yeah. a song and you know he'd put the music down he'd be like okay what am i sort of thinking about here what does this make me feel like you know am i yeah. walking through a field am i flying through the air am i you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. and he'd grab all the words and put them together i guess that's why you ended up with that sort of strange eclectic mix of sort of what the heck is he talking about sometimes um yeah. i remember seeing an interview with eddie van halen and uh they were asking him about a bunch of ideas and he says, I sort of tend to sort of get my ideas while I'm in bed. And he says, yeah. I end up sleeping on the sofa because my wife turns around and goes, Eddie, get out. You know, because he's sitting, <laughs> he's jigging around and, the, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And she's like, just get out of bed and go and do whatever it is you need to do. Um, yeah. And apparently Noel Gallagher sits down with his wife and sort of says, hey, what do you think of this? I've got this whole new song figured out. And she goes, oh, it sounds lovely, darling. What would you like for dinner? <laughs> and he's like you what <laughs> so yeah. i guess there must be is there someone in your life that you actually do that with i do it with my wife you know i'm like look hey what do you think of this you know this particular paragraph she's sort of my initial editor um what do you think of this you know four card four chord you know structure who do you go to nobody i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> i don't do that uh, I wish I was brave enough not to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't do that. Um, I, I, I wait till I've got a tour. I really like it. Well, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week. Don't forget to have a look at the website. You'll find some stuff to help you develop your creative abilities. I'm Joel. Who are you? Where do you come from? And what do you do?